You're fed up with the 9 to 5. You've been working hard for years and you're just not seeing the results you want. You want to break free from the traditional career but don't know how. Business Breaks is here to help. Welcome back to the Business Breaks podcast. Today, John and I will be talking about redesigning your career path and how to have successful career pivots. So if you're feeling stuck in your current career, or if you're just not sure what to do with your life, you're not alone. Many people feel the same way. The good news is it's never too late to make a change, speaking from me and John personally. So in this episode, we'll talk about how to redesign your career path, and we'll hear from our experiences as two people who have made those career pivots We'll also discuss challenges of making a career change and offer some tips for overcoming those challenges. So whether you're just starting to think about a career change or you're already in the process, hopefully this episode will give you some help. We hope you find it inspiring. John, let's start with your experience. So what made you pivot and at what point in your life did you decide You'd gone as far as you could with your current career and you needed to make that transition. Did it happen by chance or was it something that was designed in and implemented? The latest one was intentional. It was done intentionally. I suppose there's a, there's a few little bits that um, you probably don't know about my career path. So this might be a little, little bit informative for you as well about my, my history. I've attempted several pivots. I, I, I ended up in accounting as a management accountant like yourself. But, uh, I ended up in that because you know, I was going to be one of the old cliches. I didn't really know what to do when I was going to college, picking the courses. I was good at maths, which really should have meant I picked the maths subject, but I didn't. I picked accounting. Um, and that was how I ended up being an accountant. It was just it was the course I got into and then from there I chose management accounting rather than financial accounting, auditing type of thing, because I, I wanted to be able to do, you know, commercial stuff myself. But then I started pivoting reasonably early on. I was still in accounting, but I switched from retail to practice and did a couple of years of practice. Confirmed when I went to practice what I kind of suspected in college that I didn't want to be an auditor. Ended up in financial services, barely lasted a year there. They really didn't want that. But that, that's when I made the first big pivot. Pivot was I went back to college. I loved archaeology, so I went back and did no work there. It was kind of more for fun than, than anything else. And also, at that stage, I built up enough bills that uh, it's very difficult to go back to full time. I ended up then having to kind of go back into accounting. It was the only thing I could do. So that was a failed attempt at pivot. Then I stayed in accounting for a long, long time, became qualified as an accountant. But never really liked it. What I started liking was that as part of the accountant role, we started putting in, you know, accounting systems. Every job I had as an accountant or was just after a new accounting system was put in or we had to put one in while I was there. And then we put in a big one and, and while I had an ERP system, I really project management the IT side. Yeah. I then moved on to another, the, the last permanent role I had. But finishing up that, that's when I made the decision. I'm going to pivot now when I finish this role. I'm not going to become an accountant. I'm going to move into facing IT, you know, project management. But when you're doing those systems, it's the IT side that's your important. So that was that was the first successful pivot that I planned though. It was a very easy pivot to make because I had experience in the area from the finance side. So it wasn't that big of a jump to have the experience from the IT side. And then I've done that, did that for a while, um, enjoyed it, but started getting a little bit bored and I made the other pivot then um, more back. Not accounting, but the commercial side, management consultant, basically, and that's where I am. Brilliant. Management consultant. We're a bit of project management and some projects still. So those last two were successful, but they were planned. One was a natural move, and then the other one, the management consulting, is actually, it's, it's not a million miles away. There's no accounting involved in it, but the commercial, strategic kind of stuff is all still there. And the experience that I built up over the still makes it a natural one. So the only big jump I tried to make was that, Again, it was just it didn't work. But there, there's no really work there. I did that more because I just wanted to learn about it. So I, I don't consider that too much of a failure. It wasn't a career move as such. It was just an interesting move. <laughs> that, that's kind of my background with them. So how about yourself? You've made the pivot as well. So yeah, much later on in my career, and it's going to sound cliche, but I had an early career failure. A couple of them actually. 
I got into accounting, same as you, good at maths, didn't know what to do, thought accounting was where the money was at. Yes, it is, but if you're not in the right area, you're not going to get none of the resources actually land in your pocket specifically, at least not the lion's share unless you're a senior finance leader. And a lot of those senior finance leaders who are I would class as successful usually are that way because they tend to underpay their staff. I remember one of the finance director I learned the most from openly boasted how cheap his team were, including myself, which obviously got my go up. On top of that, if you do the job well in accounting, it is boring. You have to be diligent. You have to pay attention to the details. You have to plan ahead so there's no surprises. And if there are no surprises, people don't get upset. There's no stress. It's all planned. Apart from there are cases where senior executives will make decisions last minute and expect you to pivot on very short notice and try and accommodate very massive shifts. So I learned to do financial planning and financial modeling, mainly through designing Excel forecasts on short notice and doing some wizardry, which was what one of the accountants in my team, he was at the end of his career and he said he'd never seen the like of it. But in terms of the actual, what did I do to try and make those two pivots that failed? The first one was I studied neuro-linguistic programming with the intention of becoming a life coach. And I think I felt after I'd actually gotten the certifications I got up to a NLP practitioner, but I never actually went forward with it. I think what prevented me was A, not getting clients because I didn't have a clue about how to market my services. I was just saying, I'm an NLP practitioner and I want to coach people, but I ended up doing it for free and not figuring out how to charge for it because I wanted to do it. And then I was very young then and quite naive and not really able to push myself forward, which you think, well, I should just find a network of people who are doing it successfully and then model them. That's the whole NLP assumption is if you want to create success, you find people who are successful and you copy them, clone yourself in their image, which I didn't really get. And then the other thing I did, which was, again, it was driven by the fact that I was single, I was an introvert, and by introvert, actually, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I was very shy as a young man. So I started doing salsa dancing. I ended up being reasonably competent at it, and I tried to become a salsa dance instructor. Well, I was a salsa dance instructor, but I was working within a school that I was successful in. But to try and break out and start my own business, that was difficult. Going to university is trying to offer my services for free. And again, getting people in a class for free is easy. Trying to set up a class and, and get people to pay for it when you're hiring the venues, etc. That proved to be a massive cash drain quite quickly. So if you haven't got the audience, uh, you can end up eating up your savings pretty quickly. So I gave up on that. And then double, I quit the whole salsa bit and then redoubled my efforts to boost my finance and accounting career. And through that, it was really around making sure that I was progressing, at least not maybe necessarily in terms of the career path or moving up an organization, but it was more getting the right experience, building up my skills, building up my credentials. So I ended up doing auditing and then more general finance, but I was getting really bored really quickly again, which was the reason I tried other things, coaching and the salsa. And I found out that through finances and that finance career, I could, like yourself, I, I had been involved in system implementations. I had seen what project managers were doing and Based on that, just by observing and managing project plans, I thought I could do this. So I retrained as a project manager. I also took up a coding course so I could be more IT-centric and understand technologies. I also learned a bit more about databases. And during the pandemic, I left a project management role with a large global company 
and found another project management role with a different global company, but with a different culture and actually pivoted from finance transformation, but more from the business side of change management to what would be finance IT. So being working for IT, but IT as a service for finance and dealing with the latest technologies, which I would say I leverage more of my commercial side of the business rather than my technical side. But I'm very familiar with the technical side, so I act as the bridge between the technical team as well as the business team. And I find that context switching, being able to pivot from talking about database technologies, APIs, integrations, to talking about accounting standards, the differences between an ERP versus a CPM, EPM, I find it quite easy. And then being able to marry the two. So what I find is I'm talking financial process and functional knowledge with technical people and then switching and talking technical knowledge with the business side of the finance team, mostly in FP&A, which is quite interesting because I enjoy what I do. I'm not bored and there's enough variety to keep me occupied, if that makes sense. But I am also looking at where do I go from here right now? So right now I'm just happy where I am. Contracting as a freelance project manager at building skills and being given a lot of autonomy to lead the projects on the execution side. And also, I have to say, no surprises for the leadership team who I serve. I suppose that uh, between us there, we, we've got kind of examples of, of a few different ways to try and pivot your your career. And I suppose one of the key things is with people, you now if you're thinking of it, to, to really think it through because there might not be a future in the in the area that you're you're looking to go into for various reasons. It, I, I never pivoted, so I, I mentioned, but I, I also got uh, like playing tennis and I'm a qualified tennis coach, but I never been attempted to do that for a living. And a few friends, a few people used to often say to me, I love tennis, why don't you just do that? You, you enjoy it. And I kind of figured, no, I actually would stop enjoying tennis if I was relying on it for a living. <laughs> Like that, you know, so it kind of can be a little bit of the grass is not always greener on the other side, but if something you really enjoy doing, you may not enjoy having to rely on it for a living. Um, and even if there is, like you ran into the problem with the salsa dancing, it might be very difficult to monetize it. It's one thing to have a few people who will be willing to pay you for something, you know, on a small scale. Now, if you are relying on it for a living, you need a lot of people to be willing to pay you for a new thing. So, you know, anybody who's thinking of doing it, just make sure they're making the right choice. Think it through. Is there actually a way to make a living doing it? Now, in our case, you're kind of almost doing it for yourself as opposed to just moving into another industry as an employee. Um, you're moving into another industry as an employee, I suppose, that you're eating there. Is, is, there a, is there a job? Can you get the job? What do you have to do in order to get it? Do you have to go back to college and get re-qualified in something completely different? Or is it something that you have the soft skills or a bit of experience like our our moves into IT they weren't huge moves they, they are when you take a step back and you look at them you've completely changed their careers from finance accounting to IT but they were very easy moves to make we you, you almost I, I think it's safe to say we both intended them because we knew where we wanted and we made the move deliberately but you could almost sleepwalk into that you know if you're getting caught up in, in certain projects that you just suddenly realize, oh, I'm reporting into the IT people now instead of into the finance people. But how did that happen? Um, and I'd say that's one of the very uh, more common moves, maybe, maybe not quite to project management like we did, but I do know a fair few people who um, have, in the course of their career, moved from finance into IT, from using the ERP systems over to supporting the ERP. So for people, if you're going to make a career pivot, Make sure that you have thought it through to the extent that will you be able to make money doing it? I, I thought the idea of being an archaeologist was going to be great. That's not, that's not work here. <laughs> Still yeah. love the course, though. I, I have no regrets about doing the course. I have a, a, an academic qualification in archaeology, and it was very interesting because I loved it. And that's probably for the best. Or maybe if I had to become a professional archaeologist, I wouldn't enjoy it as much as I do now reading about it. And then I suppose the other thing is the, the three broad ways that you could make a pivot. You can, the, the the holy grail, but very, very rare. You can get promoted up. 
into a different industry? Not really, like too often. You're not going to be getting promoted up to a role you level that you've never done before and also into a, an industry that you've never done before. Getting the two of them, they, they'll be the exception rather than the rule. So I wouldn't expect anybody who's thinking of pivoting to be even trying for that. Well, honestly, if, if the opportunity arises, go for it. But, um, they are, uh, then you'll be overly reliant on... Sorry to yeah, interrupt. That's yeah. it. You'll be overly reliant on your people skills and then how many how many roles... Re- when you need people skills, you know, there's got to be some kind of uh, other certificate, other experience or whatever that you'll need as well. Um, and the fact that you've never been at that level either, that you're you're being promoted up to it. So you're hitting too many changes all at one go to really put you under stress. Imposter syndrome would be a big challenge because, yeah, yeah you'd be, you'd be double-guessing your team thinking, well, if you can't do it and you're asking other people to do it, how comfortable do you feel making those demands? especially if you don't understand what's going on. For example, on technology side, you're asking, you see it with finance people, they say, oh, it should be easy. It's just this little thing. Hang on a minute. The way this whole ecosystem has been hooked up, there's a lot of dependencies. Everything has to be regression tested. You make one change here, it's like literally whack-a-mole further down the line and up the chain. And you have to understand those things. And it's not just, the design of the system, the design of the code, but the configuration, have you set up your tables correctly? Inserting another column to a master data table has huge implications down the road. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I agree. Uh, sorry, John, what was the other point you were going to make? I was just going to say, Dan, the other two ways that you can pivot sideways, which is kind of what we've done moving from finance to IT, where we moved to more or less the same level the same rung of the, the career ladder that we were at, um, but just in a different industry. That's more common, um, certainly more common than moving up rungs of the ladder and across the industry. You have to move straight across. And you can do it with ways that, like we did, but it's not a million miles away from what you were doing. It's, um, it can be done that way. And then the third way, which I'd say is the most common, which is what you did with the NLP and the salsa dancing. It's what I tried to do with the um, archaeology. Moving down rungs of the ladder. Maybe you know, some people will be moving right back to the very beginning, going back to college. Others will maybe not going back that far, but they will be going down several rungs of the ladder to move across. That's the most common. Um, it's the bravest as well, probably, because you're taking a gamble there that you know, or you're giving up money. And that that's if you're going to do that, just make sure a that it's not a case of grass is greener on the other side. That you genuinely will. You know, why are you making this move? make sure you know why and then but once you're happy that yes you know why you're making the move it's not a fantasy it's you genuinely will be happier in that industry or or, or then go for it is, is what i would say if you have the finances if you can make sure that you can pay your bills even if you have to go back to college or, or whatever whether you're going to do that part-time or whether you're going to do a full-time everything i'm really happy with Ultimately, I made that move sideways, but I had over the course of it stepped. I'd gone and done courses, I'd done project management courses, I've done uh, business analysis certification, I've done you know management consulting, uh, various courses and things like that. I did them while I was working, so I, I kind of did them part time almost. When I finished doing the the accounting courses and got qualified, I continued on doing other courses to make the moves. So I didn't quite have to step back because I had those courses done, but um, I'd made, I, I've no regrets whatsoever. Uh, so if people are thinking of doing it. Just make sure you pick something that you'll enjoy you know, for the right reasons. Don't make a move because you just hate the job you currently have. Is it you hate the, is it, do you hate the industry you're currently in and need to make a career pivot or do you just hate the role you currently have? Maybe it's your boss, maybe it's company that you're working for. In which case, you don't have to change industry, maybe just job. You have to change environments one way or another, but is the environment the career? Is it the industry? So, for example, is it that you want to get out of banking, for example, to something like manufacturing or distribution or some other service? Maybe you just have an itch you want to scratch because there's a part of you that's really interested in one particular facet. I don't know. For example mobility you know you want to be able to solve this real world problem about 
how do people get from point A to point B, uh, suspending the traditional ownership model of having to have a vehicle to get anywhere comfortably. Freedom, how do you define it? So those sort of things maybe are like real world issues you want to address, you want to contribute to world hunger, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, the whole, I love the point and I wanted to come back to it about being clear about what's a hobby versus what's your vocation in life. Now they talk about ikigai where what are you good at, what do you, what are you passionate about? And what has market value and if you can marry the three then you've got ikigai because you're going to be happy with what you're doing you're going to it's going to play to your natural strengths and you're going to get commercially rewarded so that's one thing having said that easier said than done because a lot of the time people will probably say oh well, i want to just bum around and create content and get paid loads of money through affiliate marketing Everyone wants to do it and everyone's trying to do it, including myself. I mean, this podcast is actually media, isn't it? It's creation, but you've got to enjoy the process and you've got to recognize what's actually a hobby versus what is really something you want to do all time because you love doing it. Now, fortunately, podcasting, I love talking, even though maybe people might say, well, I don't like to hear you. Not everyone wants to hear me, and that's okay. But I guess coming to the salsa piece, I wanted to say the same with you and your archaeology. I think with you, you you mentioned how archaeology, you just couldn't find any worthwhile roles or any worthwhile career paths that would have made it worthwhile, even though you enjoy studying archaeology and history. And it's a fascinating topic. With me, salsa dancing was fun as a hobby, I got to fill a gap which was more related to my social awkwardness in the early stages, but trying to turn that into a commercial enterprise where there were a lot of schools starting up, a lot of people with a lot more experience in terms of how to market, how to network, how to build an audience, how to create demand. I was trying to do everything on the cheap, which again is probably more my accounting background without thinking of the idea of the customer experience so i ended up trying to use a, a home sound system which didn't have the same impact as someone who brought in a dj and having the right venues you know i was putting on these nights thinking i just have to copy what everyone else was doing but again not really focusing on the quality of the event quality of the venue and again because venues are expensive to hire especially the good ones at least expensive for me if I'm not bringing in enough customers. So it's a vicious cycle. And I found out over time I didn't enjoy it. And even as a hobby, I hated it. And it was only when I gave it up and started going back to salsa as a pastime where I was a paying customer that I started to enjoy it again because I started to get better as a dancer just purely for the fun of it. I started making friends rather than seeing everyone as a potential customer and I could choose who I who I wanted to spend my time with, if that makes sense. So again, you have to think about those freedoms that you give up in your hobby if you're trying to turn it into a career. So and I don't know if that's, that's yeah. the other thing as well. I suppose that they their kind of experiences of pivoting to set up your own business as opposed to pivoting as an employee into another career path. But Oh, I think if, if, if anybody is out there, I think pivoting to set up their own business, what they kind of need to, to realize is like in that situation with you, you were not pivoting, although you thought at the time probably you were you were pivoting to become a salsa instructor. You were not pivoting to become a salsa instructor. You were pivoting to become a marketing expert, a CEO of a small business, a, an accountant, a tax, doing tax returns. You were pivoting into being an entrepreneur, running a business, which was a lot more than just salsa. And, and as you kind of said, you, you didn't enjoy it. Um, you know, it failed in large part because you, at that time, most likely thought you were pivoting to being a salsa instructor and didn't even realize you should have been marketing and, and all the rest of it. Um, and I think that's a key thing. I think we have covered it previously on another podcast about setting up entrepreneurs, setting up business and that. 
that the key part of it is marketing and that. But you're, if, if you're going into business for yourself to do something that you enjoy, and if that's your career pivot, and to realize that you're taking on more than just doing the the thing that you enjoy, you have to run a business. There's so much more involved than that. Maybe doing the thing you enjoy will be great, but can you do all the other stuff? Then there will be people who, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to start my own business. I just want to change my career. I want to get into or maybe an example, maybe it's an accountant currently who wants to get into HR, or maybe they want to get into operations. Maybe they just really like operations, technology. Maybe they want to do like finance.it. If it's that kind of a, of a pivot, if it's that kind of a, a role, I suppose you don't have all the other hassle, you know, of all the size stuff of running your own business. So it might make it a little easier. But there's still, like you said, you know, you, you hadn't done the networking, the marketing and all that. That is still part of it. If you want to still a career pivot, you're going to have to do a little bit of networking, a little bit of marketing of your own abilities to uh, to get opportunities. Absolutely. This reconnaissance. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to have the conversations with people who are in the jobs you want to aspire to and also to understand what whether there's a, a, a fit for you. You need to establish a what are the challenges, what are the opportunities, but more importantly, what are your skill gaps? Because you're going to have to figure out how do I convince someone else that I can do the job that I want at the level I want to attain the income that I'm comfortable with. Now, stepping down is one thing if you're happy with that because you want to make that sideways shift. But are you able to step down and be comfortable with maybe a drop in income? Maybe you're lucky because you can you can use some of the, those transferable skills you might have in order to move up pretty quickly. But then that's yeah. I've just got to say that actually, I, I don't want to uh, make that. Yeah, you know, we're, we're being a little bit negative at the moment because we're pointing out these are the challenges. And but we're not being negative about us to people who pivoted. We we are very much on for it. If if you want to pivot, pivot. Um, but um, and I will say this that um, to anybody listening, right? If you've got experience eh, and you pivot to a completely different career path, and um, and even if you have to step right back, go back to college and start again, and come up, you still have advantages. Uh, as as you just mentioned, that uh, you, you've soft skills, you've experience in how business really works, uh, compared to how uh, it theoretically works in academia that um don't be afraid to do that if you can afford it if you've done the the maths you you can afford to do it and um, because when you start back on that new career ladder uh, you have an advantage over all the other graduates so that they're coming from a, an academic background with no real life experience or you have the real life experience things do not work out exactly like the theory you were taught originally so this new industry, yes, you don't know how they're going to work out exactly, but you do know where you have that expectation. It's not going to be exactly like you learned in college. There's going to be differences. So at least you won't be caught by surprise. Or that will give you an advantage that even if you're starting off at the same level as a complete new career person, a, a graduate, and you will probably accelerate above them if you make sure that what what transferable skills you have, and um, make sure that you you fine tunes them in for this new career and um, so while we're discussing the challenges let's just make sure people don't underestimate that it is a challenge but we're, we're no way shape or form are we uh, saying people don't do it I, I'm, I'd be saying do it do it <laughs> yeah and that's not to say that they don't accelerate up pretty quickly either but coming to your point yes again I, I want to just add a little caveat to what you said if you don't mind that a lot of graduates do leave university completely green, but there are some exceptional graduates oh. who do build up their experience, even from school. When they're doing their GCSEs and A-levels, they're working on the weekends in a supermarket. You see them uh, in the front office. They're doing customer service. They're getting that exposure to doing face-to-face -face interaction. And so they understand how business works, at least from that, that perspective. Maybe even in a warehouse where they're having to move products and services, making sure the tills are, um, tills are manned, the shelves are, are completely okay. replenished. They'll have, yeah, they're, they're done. There will be exceptions. There'll be some exceptional individuals. Where, uh, as a general rule, though, I think somebody who's got experience who goes back 
will have an advantage yeah. over most. Not all. I mean, yeah. so, you know, that they, but when the chips are down, yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I did the McDonald's stint, right? And even before I was at school, I worked in a corner shop with my dad, so I got to observe him. I did his books when I was in my teens, entering numbers on spreadsheets, uh, doing the VAT returns for the accountant because he was my dad's friend and he was mentoring me. I think that was the other reason I fell into accounting. He was successful in the sense that he, he planned his financial career out and he was very astute in investments. Uh, he wasn't very astute dealing with a taxman in the end, which was unfortunate, but that's that's another story. But I think you, you, you get those exposures. It's good to try things out when you're young. I think that's my one regret is not taking those risks and failing sooner in my career. And again, when you do, when you do decide to pivot later in life, you have to understand that there may be that risk that A, you take a drop in salary initially and B, you're competing with people um, and because to an extent it is competition if you want to reach the high levels you're competing with people who may have maybe more experience in your domain that you're you're just pivoting into you may be able to leverage those wider perspectives and be more creative in your approach or find solutions because you have a broad breadth of experience versus the depth and and that could be something that dynamically you'll be able to leverage in order to move up faster, whether it's being able to marshal the resources, minimize the risk, because you're not one of these people who's functionally pigeonholed. And that's another thing is the breadth. I think a lot of what I've learned has been academic, but you, you try to relate it to your real world experiences. Now, what I what I didn't have was marketing, sales, and I still, to an extent, struggle with networking, but more so to the fact that I, I am very selective who I network with. You should be, ideally, you network with people who are like you, and, and those are the people who, I guess, who you, well, when I say like you, who you gel with, who you naturally mesh with, because trying to get on with people who you don't naturally resonate with, it's hard work. Me there can be challenges, but I, th I think as well, though, pivoting your career is something that uh, more and more people are going to have to learn how to do. It's like there was a stage where you know, it was a job for life. You had one job, one company, and it lasted life. That's long gone. But it still became a stage where it was a career for life. You just did it in several different companies. Where nowadays I'm, I'm kind of, especially, it seemed to happen a lot now during the, you know, the, the great resigning was that what they were calling it what great resignation great yeah, resignation yeah. Yeah, that, uh, everyone's trying to be like independent they're freelancing yeah. they're freelancing the but, and, but a lot of them a lot of them were freelancing but a lot of them also switched uh career now that there was a lot of people who were walking in hospitality who uh figured oh hospitality has gone now it's closed uh, i'm going to go walk in an office i'm going to do something completely different so the, the, there's a large chunk of people now out there who have had some degree of a pivot in their career and not just working for themselves but, but switching actual careers even staying as an employee but for a completely different type of work um, and I think that's going to be a skill that's that's going to be more needed as you as you go you know not not so much freelancing not so much going out on your own which will have a, a role but being able to actually turn your mind to completely different um, types of work. So those, that idea of being able to reinvent yourself continuously and still coherent narrative that says, I, w I was intentional about this and it hasn't been random because you don't want to go to an employer and, and if they say, so you were a barman, you were a recruiter, you went into sales and marketing, then you went into finance, why do you want to work in IT now? It doesn't look like a scattergun approach, uh, but there's a story behind it. You could probably present it. And again, this is where the networking comes in because you get to talk to people. You get to give them the confidence that even though you might end up with a sketchy career path, they know that or they can at least be happy to take a chance on you because you've shown 
so many other things like ideally you want to paint a career of achievements and that you've naturally outgrown what you were doing but there was nowhere else to go so you decided to find another challenge to actually conquer so that's the narrative I would paint rather than I didn't have a choice I, I guess that's the that's the crux of it you don't want to be in an interview saying well I had nothing better to do this seems like the best thing going right now in terms of my options so, even even if that is the truth about why you're moving you don't want to admit that in the, in the interview and you might not be intentionally admitting that but you never know if the interviewer is is already framing that in their head even if that's not what you're saying they may interpret it in that way exactly and that's kind of the modern day version of people from 20 years ago who were constantly changing jobs now, in a time where you had one job for life in one company and people were constantly changing companies, yeah, they had to explain why were they constantly like that. Whereas now it's not changing companies, that's a, that's a given. Yeah. It's changing careers and it's almost coming to the same thing there. So it's adapting your, it's, it's upgrading your skills continuously. It shouldn't be punished, it should be rewarded, it should be celebrated. And ironically, you're probably, we still have a population of very senior people designed pre the turn of the century on I think um you know I played on it a little bit earlier and when I said no don't don't do it just because you think the grass is greener. But one of the things like you you mentioned about the networking is to find out what's involved and do do you have the acumen to do that new career or so find people who are in it. And one of the key things to find out is what exactly do the people in that career do. I mean I I yourself um you do a job now and somebody looking from the outside will think you do this particular thing. And they may think that's really boring or they may think that's brilliant. But they'll, they'll see one aspect of the job. But what you actually do, that's only probably 10% of your job. You're doing a whole lot more in the background that they don't know about. And that could be what the, uh, it could be the same thing when you look at somebody, you think, I'd love to do that, that career. I'd love to be in that role, in that job. And you're thinking, right, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to move over. I'm going to plan how I'm going to get there. But find somebody who actually does that. Find out, you know, warts and all, what exactly is it that they do on a day-to-day basis? Because what you might find is the bit that you really like only makes up about 5% of our job and there's 95% that you would absolutely hate. Exactly. Before you move there. <laughs> You're seeing the trailer. It could be an, an amazing trailer, but a bad, bad movie that you'd wish you'd never bothered watching. So be very careful. Don't confuse the trailer for the actual plot. Exactly. So again, I'm not saying that to put people off pivoting. I'm saying that just to prepare for the pivot. Try not to accidentally do it and try to plan her out because I think you have a better chance of success if you plan her out. It's an accident. You're you're just kind of, you're, you're, you're going to have a hard time explaining to potential future employees. Like you know, you've just said, why did you make this meal? Oh, because I'm not sure how it even happened. I just was in this place one day and, and somebody said, do you want to do this? I said, yeah. And that was the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be that accidental person at the right time. Or maybe you do. Maybe you can say, how many how many great careers have been attributed to luck being in the right place at the right time? But then the people who do like to say you make your own luck, if you're proactive enough, you position yourself in the right, to be that right person in the right place at the right time. So again, it's about how do you frame, and again, that comes back to brand. You have to really focus on your brand that says, what is it you stand for and how do you align with the demand in the market? Because again, things things are very fluid and people are, businesses are demanding more of people because that's the competitive nature of business. Unless you're in a very, very protected industry that has some natural competitive barriers to entry, you're going to be finding yourself having to be more than you probably were the previous year in order to qualify for a interview. Never mind getting the job, just the interview consideration. So I think it's great. Uh, I think it can be difficult, but also you Probably you probably need to just think things through. How do you how do you how do you market yourself? How do you promote yourself? Again, coming back to that, being a failed, having a couple of failed businesses in the background because 
you had to be all things to all people and instead of doing a few things well uh, and outsourcing the stuff you're bad at you tried to do everything at once and you did it badly and you were learning on the fly and you ran out of cash before you could master everything you needed to master in order to have that successful business that's the thing uh, well and i guess Another thing I wanted to say regarding the networking aspect, it's it's really important to make sure that you have a good network of people who can advise you well and and give you the right guidance, be able to tell you where you sense check your ideas because a lot of what you're going to say may not be well considered. And again, you don't want to be feeling like you have to jump because you're following someone else who's been successful in that because you don't know what they, what else they had to do to get to that success. Definitely doing your research. What you, what you don't want to do is pivot into another um, career path, mm. kind of be successful in doing it, and then realize I absolutely hate this. Now, what do I do? Yeah, and it's ironic. Yeah, sorry. Can I go back to my old career? Can I? Um, that makes it a little bit more difficult to explain in an interview. Well, but you left. Why are you back? And um, well, do I pivot into yet another career path? Yeah. Is, whereas a little bit of research, doing your networking. So your networking is oh, you're going outside your comfort zone because you're not going to. It's not networking with people who are in your current industry, your current career path, who are easy to network with. You have to try and network with people who are in the one you want to move into. How do you get into that? You're not a member of the. Uh, you know, you're not a member of that network because you do not work in that career. So, but you, you need to start trying to network, and that, that can be really difficult, especially if you're an introvert. An outgoing person would be very difficult to get into that, but I think it is important. Find out, be sure before you pivot into the career that, that it's likely to be the company you work for may end up not being the company you like, but the career path you've chosen is at least is something for a while. But yeah. Here. And bear in mind the growing pains, give it a proper chance. Don't just, don't just revert back because it gets difficult in the early stages because that's the worst thing you can do uh, i think it's easier uh, one of the benefits i've had is that i've shown a, a stable career path in terms of the things i've done so that when i did make that pivot people took it you don't want to have five different roles that don't really connect and actually i was sorry for interrupting you previously but i wanted to come back to that point about the hospitality workers by move during the Great Resignation, by moving away from hospitality into office job created a natural shortage, which has meant hospitality workers have finally had that much needed compensation increase. So yeah, it went where there's gonna be fluxes in supply and demand. And if if the hospitality worker who's moved across has suddenly missed out on that salary jump. And then decides to move back. Will they get the increased salary? Interesting, all right. But will they want to? Maybe they're happy, they're more secure with their office role. Um, but the, the other thing, like I, I, I know a person who. Um, the other thing as well is to be realistic with your expectations. Like I, I know a person who did a pivot, said they'd done the research, and actually, from a career point of view, pivoted into a career choice that they would enjoy. But they they were moving backwards in order to do it. They got the job. They made. They were successful with the pivot. They got a job in the new career path that they wanted. And I was talking to them. They had the job about four months, and they were already talking about looking to be promoted. But we were kind of there thinking, "Hang on a second. Whoa, four months experience in this brand new role that you've got. You're not going to be getting promoted in the next couple of months." It, it only seemed to dawn on them then that they were at the bottom of the career path. Compared to mid, you know, they, they were below mid. They were actually still quite junior on their previous career. They just weren't making any headway on it. You know, they'd been in it for an awful long time, but they hadn't really gotten promoted. So it wasn't a good career for them. They moved across, but they were expecting to to, to fly up the career ladder. And you kind of think, okay, that's not realistic. No. If you take a step back and you change career, you're on a new career ladder. You're not going to fly up it. You're going to move up at the same pace as you would normally expect. But the, the difference is, hopefully for you, that the new career path to the career ladder will be one that you will progress. You won't be like this, you know, the guy who he got stuck at a certain level in his previous career and couldn't get past it. In the new career, I reckon he, he could easily get past it. 
but he was just being unrealistic with his timelines. Like he only had the job four months. I think he was still on probation technically. <laughs> and, um, he, he was he was getting annoyed because he wasn't you know getting promoted and anything. And that's you need a couple of years of experience before you can realistically get major promotions in any meaningful way. And it all comes back to expectation management. Be realistic about that. Before I made that career switch from finance to IT, I was studying up on technology for at least a good five years, doing little bits and pieces. And I had a background in SQL, VBA, and also just applications, even as a user. And also I did a lot of regression testing from the business perspective, so I understood how to implement systems. And we do implement systems in finance albeit accounting systems, so it wasn't a huge pivot. And then, obviously, taking a career break to do a coding boot camp, I understood more about setting up your code, setting up your development environment, best practice on creating apps, so those things. And I bled through that period because I realized how ignorant I was of technology, and I still, I'm still learning today because there's levels to this game. I'm working with people in IT who've been there 20, 15, 20, 30 years who know the game inside out. And you realize you do start from another another level and you have to you have to find that degree of maturity. You can't just you can't just wing it. And I think it does a disservice to any profession to think you can just shoot up the ranks. Well, you can, but Let's face it, you're not going to be shooting up the ranks on the basis of a deep understanding. You're going to find it on your people skills, your soft skills. But let's say, for example, you've got someone who you've got a problem, a business problem, and people are looking at you as the leader or the manager to deal with it, and you're having to rely on the people around you, which is okay as long as you keep them happy. There's a dependency on that, right? And that's okay as long as you're aware of that. But be realistic about you know what you can solve, what you can't, and if you're comfortable not knowing everything about your area, that's fine as well. But then you're not a manager; you're more of a people leader, and that's where your soft skills have to be really on point. Down to be be making that pivot for the right reason. Is it genuinely that you need to change your career, or do you just need to change your? And are you really are you really going into it for the right reasons, or are you just faking it? That's the worst kind of faking it, doing it for a compensation hike, and just and and just messing up some poor person's department, some unfortunate company's function just for your own gratification. Are, are you doing it? Are you doing it because you like the the idea of? Again, no, it's in an industry because his brothers all work in the industry in our area, and he kind of almost is, feels that this this is prestige. Basically, that's why he's doing. Matus is a huge, huge motivator, right? It's a huge motivator for people who want to climb the career ladder because they get to make the decisions, they make the calls, they determine how the resources are distributed. And by resources, I usually mean compensation. It comes back to that monetary reward, rightly or wrongly. I kind of um between don't just do it, don't just do it for money. Obviously, maybe different career path would also give you higher compensation, higher money, and also, but don't do it for prestige because you you perceive that particular job titles in in a career have more prestige than others. Now, if that's the only reason you're moving. They just I yeah. say like you're never going to get high enough to get those prestige titles because you're you're going for the wrong reason. You're not necessarily looking at a career that you will uh, be good at and will enjoy. You're looking at a career that has these prestigious titles. Yeah, which I, I as I said, I know people that that actually did pick their career based on prestige. They thought it would be a good thing for somebody who who became a doctor because that was the the. They aren't doctor anymore. They they were not there for a while and they hated it. Yeah. They now do they actually work in pharmaceuticals. They're not a million miles away. They did a, a career pivot, but their doc, their doctor's qualification is still relevant to them, but they just weren't good at being a doctor. And there's a again, doctors, there's there's more than just prescribing some medicines based on a condition. You have to investigate, you have to analyze, 
You have to have a good bedside manner depending on how involved you are with your patients. He just didn't, he didn't think at all. He, he did it as the prestige of being a doctor. You know, when, when he was going to college, when he was signing up, that was the prestigious thing. And he had the brains to get into the, the, the courses. But uh, you know, one of his big, it wasn't that he, he wasn't good at being a doctor. It was he just, um, to be honest, he just couldn't cope with some people are in that industry. Some people are just sick and there's not going to be a lot you can do apart from trying to make them as comfortable as possible for bad things to happen to them. And that's why he couldn't. He, he just didn't have the personality for that. Now, that's kind of something that, you know, a few of us who knew him at the time, kind of knew, well, what the hell is he after for? Because he's not going to be able to cope when he has to deal with these things. But he did it for prestige. Now, he's, as I said, he, his qualification is still relevant to him, but he doesn't deal with patients. He's, he's a research kind of on pharmaceuticals. He's found, he pivoted and found the area that he's best in. But uh, he went into that career for the wrong reasons. He went into it for prestige, not because he didn't get taught to the actual walk involved and whether he'd be suitable for was just uh, there. Some people will do it for just for money. But again, if, if it's a, something that makes you miserable, no amount of money is going to make up for that. Better off, pick pick your, if you're pivoting career, pick one. Do it for the right reasons. Pick it because it's something that you'll be good at. Will reasonably enjoy. Nobody enjoys everything. You have to enjoy so enough of it to be happy when you're there doing it, and and be sure that you're leaving your current career because the career is not for you, rather than like your boss. And that's that is such an important point. Is part of that reconnaissance. The first question you have to ask is, what are the worst bits about the job? Because that those are going to be the ones that are going to really determine. Can you stick this out for the long haul? And again, finance, for me, the worst bit about finance was the ethical dilemmas you're presented with when you're being put under pressure to doctor the statement because the business needs to hit a target and you're under pressure to say, can't do this, or at least I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to sign off on this this journal entry or this... (laughs) This reported forecast number because I can't make it. I can't. I can't see any way we're going to meet this target or this this forecast, this prediction of financial performance. I just found it. I, I enjoyed certain aspects of it, but as I said, I, I enjoyed the strategic mm. that kind of thing. I just found the day to day stuff so mind-numbingly boring. Now there are other people who loved it. There were other people who were born to be accountants. They absolutely loved it. They didn't, they just, you know, it was a nice process. This is, this, 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 and this. I like the... Well, systemizing things, designing it in a way and optimizing it. I mean, you can find ways to try and tweak it, but then after two years, you shouldn't be thinking, well, what's next? Yeah. Maximum two years, you know, because you've done as far as you can. Exactly what I was finding that, you know, I, I, I was starting to look, I get antsy about, you know, wanting to move. And then you're trying to come up with an excuse. Well, why are you moving? What when you go for your next interview? How are you going to explain? Oh, I just yeah, yeah. So you want to move now and try a new challenge? And uh, so mm-hmm. that was when I, I project management and working for myself doing it, and now become management consultant. Because the beauty of that is, yes, there's a similarity to what I'm doing for every client, but. Each client has its own challenges, so you don't have time to get bored. You're too busy trying to figure out what's best for this client. You know? and that's yeah. why. I, so I, I yeah, moved to the correct kind of career path for me. Yeah, so, that's it. <laughs> that's what I love project management. There's always going to be some scope creep in there that you have to either reject or manage or accommodate. And if worst case scenario, you escalate. If it's that important, if you can't absorb it within your existing timelines, because let's face it, you have to have some flexibility. You have certain level of resource, and over time, you know what your team are capable of and whether they can make the changes. And you'll you'll report it because you have to be transparent. The reason senior management let me get on because they trust me to do the job, and if I talk to people, I will give them. Any any time you come to me, I'll be able to tell you where we are in a project and what are the dependencies and what are the risks. But that's that's the key thing is understanding what's going on, and you can't do that without having an understanding of what it takes to deliver and what are the timelines involved and the the capabilities of the team you have to hand. And also, even to an extent, my biggest my biggest challenge is not 
coming up with the solutions on the fly too quickly without fully understanding the problem and analyzing it through because you made those logic leaps, right? I think though that's that depends on the person. So that's one of the things I think if you're making a career pivot, the, the people anybody's sitting there know know thyself. You know, as yeah. figure out what before you you decide what career. What is it that you broadly speaking do you like? Do you not like? Are you one of these people who gets bored easily and wants constantly changing challenges? Yeah. In which case they'll make sure that the career pivot you're taking is going to be in somewhere where you're going to get constantly. Or are you one of these people who who bangs their head off the wall when they go in and somebody's coming up with some new problem, something constantly changing and it's just getting too much for you. You want some kind of consistency that's just, you're just doing that processing almost. That it's just the same thing every time. If that's what you prefer, then pick a career that does that. You'll make sure you pick the right career. <laughs> or, heaven forbid, you want a little bit of both, but not too much of either. And you want a variety. So, again, some finance roles give you that, where you can have the day-to-day, or like the regular routine, but it's mixed with an element of project work. And I think for someone just starting out, that's probably a happy middle ground mm-hmm. to sort of build up your experience uh, and also feel like you're contributing at a certain level with something that you can do autonomously until you build up that understanding and that confidence to actually handle something and make those operational tactical decisions before you go strategic but have that some the best leaders i've worked for they weren't they weren't parachuted in and they weren't mbas they were people who actually worked their way up the organization knew everything inside out and understood the whole business end to end those were the people i respected because they asked the right questions when you presented them with information they they could they could target zone in on the problems and they were i'd say more often than not they were right and that may be the easier the easier option when it comes to career pivots is um if it's possible to move within the business that you're in, or that rather than trying to switch everything, if you like the business, but again, that comes back to making sure that you're move pivoting for the right reason. Do you hate the company you're in? In which case, that's not going to work. You need to leave the company, but maybe you don't need to change career. Maybe you just need to leave the company and stay in the existing. Change the environment and yeah. again find the right culture that aligns with you, your personal values. Yeah. And if you like the company, if you really enjoy the company, and that you work for but you hate the job and well, then making that is a sign career pivot is thing. But if that's the case, then see if there's a career pivot within the company, because that might be from a networking point of view, you already have that network within that company. Um, so you might see opportunity to move across, to try something new, to find out what's involved in it. But then that leads to, you, know, you might move up the ladder a little bit quicker then because you, you won't necessarily have to take as far a step back if you're staying at the same company. You might be able to do a sideways pivot. Then, like you said, then or the best leaders, they know the company inside out. So if you start getting promoters up the, the new career path, you'll still have an advantage of knowing that company inside out because you've started off in it, albeit in a different career, but you, you, you've, you're still in the same company, in the same business. So it might help you later on to get a more senior, much more senior role by pivoting in the same same a company, same space, if it's possible, you know, maybe the company's too small for that. I mean, it's a company. growing fast enough to give you that growth. You might be waiting 40 years and still not be moved up because no one's moving on. Well, at least though, if, if, if you can pivot within that company, you can at least get some experience in the new career in that company before you leave the company to go somewhere else again. Yeah, yeah. So, so you can stay in the, in the industry, maybe. Yeah. You know, that would be a key thing as well. Don't confuse career pivots with promotion pivots. Yeah. There's a difference. So, I mean, if you're doing a career pivot, pivot the career force, be established in the new career, and then worry about promotion. So, it can be a lot easier to career pivot within the existing company that you're the company. You may not get promoted in the new career any faster because the company is just the scale of it or whatever. But at least you get your experience there. You can move to another company for the promotion. Brilliant. Thanks, Sean. And one other thing in terms of networking, which popped into my head, even if you're rotating internally, try and network within your industry, but externally, talk to suppliers, talk to customers. It just gives you that more, that more 
that better grounding and depth in terms of your understanding. The more you can talk to external people, stakeholders, the better you are positioned to have a much more holistic perspective on where your business is, where it's going, and what are the issues. That's it. And we, we kind of covered a bit of networking when we discussed promotions previously on another podcast. And yeah. the exact same thing for this you know, if, whether you're, you're looking to be promoted to a, a role or whether you're looking to, to switch careers, all comes down to just doing that bit of networking, that research, try to be external. Within the company is easier to, to get it if there's room there, but even beyond that, try to, to find excuses to network outside, you know, things like I think the, the chambers of commerce and stuff like that, where you're meeting lots of different people from lots of different companies, lots of different industries with lots of different careers. Uh, so it might give you some ideas as to where you might want to pivot and then when you get some ideas from them you can kind of follow up with them and try to find out as much about that career as possible before you take the leap you know it just it just helps and i say that as somebody who hates hates networking and cannot do it well at all uh, yeah same here it, it is important to do it and um, how much you hate and how uncomfortable it makes you i have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable until it feels less uncomfortable if that makes sense and accept that some people are brilliant at that networking and you may be one of them, in which case you will have a great advantage. But um, <laughs> who, who hate networking, it, it is, and it, it, it can be horrible in that. But you'd be surprised that um, it's, it's, once you get out there and start it, it's, it's the thought of it, the thoughts of it is what is worse than actually doing it. Yeah. When you're there, it's not so bad, but the thoughts of it. And the thoughts will ever get easier. Even now, I know from experience, I, I was at an event on Wednesday and while I was there, I was fine. But still, the thoughts of having to go to another one, it's actually going on. And I'm I'm pretty bad with networking as well. But fortunately, I have friends in the event I went to this week. So I am, by my own admission, in that regard, cliquey. But I did talk to other people as well, and I had a few very good conversations. You don't want to be too insular. Use it as a support mechanism, a safety blanket, if you will, but stretch yourself. Always look to stretch yourself because I got some very valuable insights as well just from having the conversations and hopefully sharing some of my own insights, which did help a few people. Like, I hadn't thought of that. That's always nice to hear. And just to point out to anybody who is listening, the, the, the event I referenced, I was at during the week, and the event that Dante referenced, that he was at during the week, they're two different events for two different countries. We weren't, we weren't each other's safety blanket at the, these events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We weren't, we weren't locked arm in arm like a pair of Siamese twins, just saying, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So I think this is a perfect, uh, perfect, uh, uh, end the conversation john as always a pleasure thank you uh, to conclude i guess key thing is have a, have a plan just do your research assess your skills gaps and network networking is the best way to do that intelligence gathering before you decide to make the leap and if you can look before you leap definitely thank you dante and hopefully um, anybody who is considering a career pivot might have got something useful out of this so just to reinforce it to, i i would still encourage anybody to do it as i said earlier i, I think career pivots are now now going to be going forward necessary i don't think you'd be able to stick in the same career yeah for your whole career anymore but uh, yeah it can be great fun it is challenging but it can be great fun and when you make the right move it's amazing and you feel so much better in yourself than than you did in the the career that you were maybe okay with but weren't exactly enthused about I, I encourage strongly encourage anybody considering it to do the research and then do it the move don't don't be afraid just take the chance absolutely don't don't ha let fear stop you if it's what you really want to do but just go in with eyes open ultimately when you bet you're betting on yourself and i found in my career betting on myself has always been a good bet because one way or another, you're going to make it a success, regardless of whatever you define that success to be. And personally, from both of us, we wish you, listeners who are thinking of that career pivot, we wish you every success. And again, going to do a little plug here. 
If you do want to follow us, go to the website businessbreaks.club, subscribe to our email list. We drop insights. And unlike unlike some of my content that is on social media, this is private for the listeners. It is exclusive insights. Thank you very much, John, as always. It's Saturday. This podcast shares experiences and insights gained from business, IT, and digital finance. Hosted by two leaders who have made the leap themselves, this show is dedicated to helping listeners think differently about their career aspirations.